everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Thank you for joining us. This week's episode is brought to you by Casey's Confectionery Delight. Introducing their newest flavor just in time for Halloween, Razorberry. To check out Casey's full menu of wonderful confectionery delights, look them up at Razorberry.com. And this week, we're discussing Nia Acosta's sequel to the 1992 classic, Candyman, starring Yaya Abdul-Mateen and Tiana Paris. Taking place in present-day Chicago in a newly gentrified neighborhood that was once the home of the original Candyman, Anthony, played by Martine, and his girlfriend, Brianna, played by Paris, move into a loft that was once in the heart of the Caprini Green Projects. After being exposed to Candyman, Anthony, with his curiosity peak, sets out to explore the neighborhood and discover more. While on his venture, he runs into someone who tells him the truth about Candyman, unleashing a wave of creativity and quite possibly Candyman himself. Tammy, were you scared? No, I was creeped out. And there's a difference. There's a difference between being scared for your life and like something just being really creepy. Like it just messes with your head rather than, you know, I'm running outside real quick, jumping in my car and I'm moving ASAP. Like, so I was definitely creeped out. It, it definitely gave me the same creeped out feeling that I had off of the first Candyman. But I do think that it was um, like, it was kind of based on how the, the Candyman, the first one was really, really creepy. So um, yeah, I was just real creeped out. Like, I, I'm not going to be going into the, a bathroom and looking at a mirror and saying his name five times. Like, definitely not doing that. <laughs> nah. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember reading that it was scary. And that was one of my things. I don't generally like, I like horror movies. I just don't like watching them by myself. And as a single woman, that kind of, you know, uh, keeps them off of my list. But so this one I had read, like it's been getting great buzz since last year and um, when it was supposed to be released. And, you know, Jordan uh, Peele and Monkey Paw Productions produced it. Um, and knowing what you just said about the original Candyman, I was like, yeah. And then I read, you know, some of the reviews or highlights and they were like, it's really scary. Um, one of the scariest movies of the year. So I was like, oh, okay. So we decided to see it together since we heard the same thing. And then mm-hmm. you, you remember what happened like the first five minutes into the movie? <laughs> the lights were still on. <laughs> and I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you were like, are they on? Because they're that, is that scary? So they got to keep the lights on. <laughs> That's what I thought. I was like, oh, shit, this really is that scary. Um, but I'm with you. It was more creepy and it wasn't scary in the sense of like Halloween Jason back in the 70s that kind of have you jumping out of your seat scary. But this one, I think, gives you more of a mind fuck, especially when you think about like the the topic, when it talks about all the things that are happening, gentrification. That's the part that scared me. It's like the reality of this kind of stuff. And just the history that they were talking about of the various uh, candy men or candy men, um, his history. So that's what I thought. But I agree with you. It definitely was like just kind of creepy. And to see him unravel the way he did, that was that was that was creepy. Like, um, you know, so. But um, 
I do kind of wish, do you think, do you wish it would have been more scary in the traditional sense? No, because the first one also had the same feel to me. Like, granted, I was a kid when I watched the first Candyman. Well, I watched, I think it's like two um, previous Candymans. Mm-hmm. So I I was a kid when I watched the first two. So, of course, as a kid, I'm going to say it was scary. But as an adult, I realized it was the creep factor. Like, it was creepy because, like you said, it's a mind fuck. And so even as a kid, you're scared because you're just like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> But um, so, I, I like, the, the original on, you know... For, like it, it wasn't scary it was creepy and this one definitely definitely matched it so you know it yeah it, it was it was the same thing because like I said I'm not going into a bathroom turning the lights off and saying his name in a mirror like that lets you know that it had the effect that they wanted to have I'm not I'm not doing it I'm not <laughs> not at all not at all yeah like um if I'm not mistaken I think like Candyman in some way is based on a true story like there was something that happened in the 70s in Caprini Green based around that story if I'm not mistaken um so in that sense it's based on a true story and just you know some creep hanging out in the projects um sticking razor blades and kids candy and killing kids that's just scary on a whole nother level and creepy on a whole nother level but the way they took it and interweaved the story um that that was something I guess part of me does wish it was a little bit more scary in in the traditional sense but um, like you said the creep factor and just from her standpoint uh Brianna when watching him unravel that to me would have been like what the fuck but did she really she really didn't seem to notice until it was too late that there was something truly truly wrong with him and did you get that sense like, I, I feel like it wasn't until she went into his studio. Yeah. It wasn't until she went into his studio that she really noticed how much he was unraveling, like how much like he was completely lost. And even him realizing how much he was completely lost. Um, but before that, it was kind of, you, she shrugged off like his warnings and she shrugged off his thought process that he had going and, you know, what he wanted to talk about. It was just kind of like, okay, like you're an artist, like you're a struggling artist. So this is what we're talking about. But, um, but yeah, like, but when you saw that studio, I said, Ooh, girl, he gone, he gone, he gone. Yeah. Like he, um. I, yeah, because I'm with you. I'm, I'm not summoning Candyman, <laughs> although I think, what was it? You let, me, you let me get close. I was just doing it to see if you were going to stop me. I'm like, she's not going to stop me. <laughs> Heck no. Heck no, but I will not be there with you. <laughs> but I wasn't doing it in front of a mirror, so I don't know if it would have worked. And honestly, I'm we, not. We're not to... testing that. Don't I'm not test testing. That, look, I'm like the Asian chick in the movie. Nah, fuck that. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> like what? They got the three or four before she was like, "Oh, these bitches for real, for real, about to do this shit." Nah, I'm out. She's like, "I'm not about this life." It's like, like my mom always tell me, somebody got to live to tell the tale. So. Um, <laughs> I mean, the black girl lives, but they didn't know she was there, though. Yeah, she was too high, too drunk to know anything that happened. And that probably did not help the case of getting her sober after this. Um, but 
So I loved um, the social justice issues that kind of that were interwoven in the movie. And I always tell people, people talk about the vibe. I love Chicago. It's one of my favorite cities. Um, it's close to my hometown. So um, I have a special affinity in my heart for the city of Chicago. And I think it gets a bad rap um, because of the crime there. And when people ask, when people talk about it, I'm like, y'all need to pay, don't just talk about the crime in Chicago, um, but you need to get to the underlying issues of what happened to make it so bad. And I tell people, Chicago is a case study in gentrification. Um, And it starts with when they tore down the Caprini Green projects. It's like you displaced all these people you basically kicked them out of their homes and where did you, where did you expect them to go? So um, that to me was really interesting. And so I thought gentrification was just one of the boogeymen in the story, uh, you know, um, but yeah, so that was my social justice tip. What did you- <laughs> um, I, see, and the thing is, it's like, I feel gentrification would work if it was for the people who were there, right? In order to make a community better. Because um, we look at it as in when an area is gentrified. Is that that's the word? That's how you say mm-hmm. it, right? Yep. So when an area is gentrified, um, what we automatically think is how you are making it better is you're just bringing in white people. Like you're bringing in white people and you bring in the rich, right? So then you just push the poor out because you think that's the only thing that's going to solve it. But then they have to go somewhere, like you said. So they just go to an even worse area and the process starts again. But if you actually build up a community um, for the people in that community, then it would work. It, It would work if it was affordable housing, for the people who live in that community, creating jobs for the people that live in that community, not to welcome in other people because you feel the people that are already there. Are, you know what? Let me get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, no, you you are on a you are on the right. I mean, you know, it turns into something else. We're going to get back to it. But that was, and the reason why we're talking about is because that was actually one of the things in the movie. That is what yeah, they talked about. Yeah. And um, you, you're absolutely correct. And I think there's this place in the Bronx. Um, they did that to one of the biggest housing projects in the Bronx. They rebuilt it. They didn't just put give it a facelift. Like they literally rebuilt it, modernized it, put in walking paths, put in gardens, made it look like it was one of those nice high rise apartments in New York City. And it kept it for the people who lived there. Like, I don't have a problem with you cleaning up a neighborhood. But, you know, bring in all sorts of people, but make leave it affordable for the people who already live there. You know, make it nice for the people who are live there. Don't make it nice and then kick them out, you know, outprice them out of their home. So um, I really, I really, really understood that. And, you know, that I've always like, I think ever since we've met, I've been on this soapbox about gentrification. So um, it just drives, that is one of my big, it just drives me crazy. So it, that, to me was one of the boogeyman's and I, I thought it was a fresh take. It was a, it was a cool way to weave it in there and it kind of explained the myth of the candy man, like that. It wasn't just one person, like the history of candy man was always, was he lived on through all these black men who had been wronged um, throughout history in some way, shape or form, 
Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Didn't justify the crazy, murderous psychopathy, but you know, it was like, oh, it kind of gave it, it made it made a, it made it make a little bit more sense. If anybody if, tell them to go into the bathroom and say the name five times in the mirror, <laughs> ain't nobody tell y'all to go and do that. So I mean, you know, if you were murdered, you are at fault. You should have uh, kept your mouth closed. They should have now. Did the art, the art lady, um, the art critic? She did, did she it. Act, she did it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did we see her do it, or it, it was we didn't a, see her do it? But it's the assumption of her going being in into the, bathroom. the bathroom, closing the door after he basically um, dared her to do it is, and then you know her ending up dying. Let you know that she ultimately did it. She fell for the dare, and okay. that's why I don't do dares. I do truths, y'all. <laughs> Be like truth or dare. I said it's truth every time. So let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I tell my whole business before I do a dare, y'all. Um, yeah, and it's like, okay, so was he t- and and that's what I was wondering. Like it alluded to her doing it, and then it's like she fell for the okie doke because he was already pissed off um or a little upset with her about her, her critique or his her takedown of his work and him moving back into the neighborhood that he had been born into, although he didn't know it at the time. Um, and, you know, under the whole gentrification and calling him out on some, what, artistic devil standards, should we call them, or artistic hypocrisies? Um, hypocrisies, so, I think it was? Yeah, so she, she when she called him out on that, but then um, his work, like, you know, people, I guess it's true, people love that tragic artist, because after Candyman, um, the first set of Candyman murders, which was, uh, took place in the gallery, uh, his girlfriend's, was that her boss or her partner? Um, that was her boss. Okay. Like, so, he was in charge of the gallery. Gallery, okay, yeah, so after the gallery owner or manager or whatever in his h- hookup um, were murdered, in the gallery right next to his work, um, Anthony's work, which which showcased Candyman, it kind of all took off. Like he, his his art, the, the thing that no one understood, uh, you know, and the pe- thing that people were ragging on, on, on all of a sudden became the talk of the town because it was associated with these murders. So, um, and then all of a sudden she kind of changed her tune or her tone of her tune about what she had to say about her work. And, she invited him to her apartment, which I thought was weird. Like, why why are you inviting him to your apartment? But, you know, and then she met Candyman for real. So I was, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah. Um, what'd you think about the casting? I mean, it was fine. It was fine. Like, it was a whole bunch of no names. I mean, you know who some of them are, but ultimately they're not big names in the business. Um so it was a whole bunch of no names, which I appreciated that it was a bunch of no names. I don't feel that they should have had like big names um, in the cast. Um, they did a good job. They did a good job. Well, yeah, they're up and coming names. You know, Kiana Paris is in Captain Marvel. Up and coming she, ain't big, Eddie. Hey, I'm just saying they are bigger names. They're, Yaya is, his star is rising, so... Um, I know who he was with his sponsor. Cause you didn't watch the um you didn't watch the Watchmen. He played he was in the Watchmen 
Um, I saw the first episode. I know who he is in the like, but like he can be up and coming, but he's not like a known name. When people see his name, they're not automatically like, "Yo, I know, yo, he good, he good." Like most people aren't gonna think that because he's not a big name yet. He may be up and coming, but he's not a big name. So I was like, I appreciate the fact that it wasn't big names where as soon as you see it, it wasn't like, and you know, this is going way extreme, but it's not like Will Smith or Denzel Washington where you'd be like, oh shoot, like where they just basically you're automatically thinking like they're carrying the whole movie. Like, no, everybody played their role in this film because nobody was bigger than anyone else in this film. That's true. And originally when it was made, um, and when it was supposed to come out, um, I think it was supposed to come out before WandaVision, which is when we were introduced to Tiana Paris, um, like truly, where she had a, a starring role or a headlining role. And then um, it would have come out after The Watchmen, but still, um, you know, so... I agree with that. Um, I, 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 I like the casting. I thought the casting was uh, great. I, I, I'm with you. I think they all did a, a really good job. Um, who was your favorite character? Her brother. We agree on something. I love her brother. <laughs> her brother was amazing. He was awesome. He, he was awesome. Like Every time he was on the screen, I said, I'm about to laugh. I'm about to laugh. Like He about to have me shaking my head like, oh, Lord, there he go again. And there he goes again, but he has the most, how do I say this? He has the most effective way of dropping truth bombs where you're laughing, but it's like, damn, he just spilt a whole bunch of truth. Like mm-hmm. he just covered everyone in truth. And and I love that. Um, I also liked, um, what did you think about the connection between how they connected this to the original Candyman? What do you mean? Like how uh, the relationship or the connection between uh, Yaya or not Yaya, I'm calling her by his real name, but by the connection between Anthony and the original Candyman. Like, but he wasn't the original Candyman. Well, I, I'm, I'll say back to the 1992 Candyman to the original. Okay, to, okay. To the original Candyman, like... Yeah, to the original Candyman movie, which for us would be you know the original Candyman. So. Oh, okay. I was like, the original came to me. It was like the 1800s. But, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, t- to be honest, I kind of felt like it was a little bit of a stupid story um, of how they just kind of like slipped it in that she wasn't really crazy, but she really saved the baby from Candyman. And Candyman wanted him to sacrifice him. And my whole thought process was, why? Like, what was the reason that Candyman needed him to be sacrificed as a baby? I never got that. Did did they did did you see an explanation for that? No, you know what? I didn't either. And I'm going to agree with you. I I love that they try to connect them. I re- I do. I love that. I love the attempt at the connection. But I think they dropped the ball a little bit. And I, for the same reasons you just said, like, um, you know it. It it not that it gave her an easy way out, uh, but I didn't get the connection between him and the kid. Like I, I think I asked you, like, is that his son? That's where I thought they were going. You yeah. know, 
that I, 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 it's like, okay, well, what makes this baby so special? I have all the babies crying in the projects and competing green at that one point in time. What made this woman? And it, like, I know Vanessa Williams was in the original Candyman. I get that. So it, it's great to go back to that. I also love that they used the guy who played Candyman in the original again, and they brought him back. So I love those throwbacks. If you want to do that, that's great. That would be a great connection in and of itself. But why particularly the part where it's like he was the baby that they tried to sacrifice? I I don't I didn't understand like what was the reason for the sacrifice? So like was this your son? Were you part of his line? Like were y'all related? Were relatives? Like what made this one kid so particularly special? Like I think it would have made more sense if homeboy, what are we gonna call him? Laundry boy. Oh God! What was his name on in the movie? Um, it was William William Burke. Yeah, William. I think it probably would have made more sense if William had grown up to, you know, had repressed trauma or repressed memories. That's where I thought it was going. Like in the beginning, like okay, he lived to tell the tale. So now, are we going to see where he forgets it or he represses it, or if he would have been the modern day Candyman? Like if it would have made more of a connection besides him wanting to summon Candyman because of gentrification like that to me was like what it was see and 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 that's that's what I'm saying is that the movie overall served its purpose but when you actually start to really sit there and analyze the storyline it didn't make sense like it, it just didn't make sense like why was he kidnapped as a baby why did Candyman want to sacrifice him over all the other babies why is it that William Burke felt that he needed to reinvent Candyman with him. Like, it, it just did not connect the dots. Like, there was too much space between the dots. Yeah. Like, so, and, but yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I, and I think it may have been better if William Burke, like, if something like William Burke was imitating Candyman and, you know, behind the scenes, he was the one who was trying to be Candyman and then Candyman comes back, the real Candyman. Like, there's just a, and don't get me wrong, Mia Costa did a great job. And I love the fact that it was, you know, she was the first director ever to have the number one movie in the country. She did great directing, but I don't take away from the fact that the story didn't match up. Exactly. So um, it, there are just some holes and that was like, yeah, that doesn't, like, it, it, did, it never made sense to me. And so I was just like, okay, so William, your role was what, to trigger and and then like have you been following him around his whole life like how did you know that this was the kid mm -hmm. you know because when he heard and you know when he heard Candyman like when he heard the story from her brother it's like oh okay he it was like he was an artist he was blocked so his creativity was blocked so he's like oh let me go take some pictures and see if I can trigger something and find something interesting to use for my next art piece so I get that you know um inspiration comes in the weirdest forms and from the weirdest things sometimes but then just okay so when he gets stung by the bee I'm like oh that's gonna start something like I thought that would have been his connection like the bee sting mm -hmm. because the bees were the big were a big thing in the first movie you know like the bees didn't the bees form whenever Candyman was coming in the first movie yeah yeah so I was like, okay, so I thought that was a good connection. I'm like, oh, that's the bees. 
So I understood it from that point. But when you dig deeper and try to make it deeper than that, I was like, okay, they could have done a better job of connecting those dots because they were all over the place as far as that goes. I but, agree. Um, now, one thing I that I have a question. Those two kids, like, in the middle, I guess, um, the two kids who ended up being victims, what was that about? Like, was that a flashback? Was that modern times? Like, that was Which one more... I guess they were towards the end or the middle end, like um, just the two the two black kids and the one kid, him and his sister, they were they were at home and then they were fighting. And then all of a sudden his sister goes into the bathroom. I think she's in the bathroom with her friend. And then he just hears. Oh, they did the Candyman challenge. Oh, okay. So yeah, like- they did the Candyman challenge, and that's how she ended up dying. You know, when he saw the blood coming from underneath the door, is because they did the Candyman challenge. Oh, okay. So now there was a chance. Okay, T- damn TikTok, social media kids better stop doing all these stupid ass challenges. <laughs> you know they uh- ain't going to because they can't think logically. Um, so, okay, because I was like, that that just seemed random. Like, that was one of those things. I'm like, what is this? Is this a flashback? Is this, like, to me, I don't know. I guess we, I needed more context for that. Like, why just put two random kids in here, especially if we don't see them actually doing a challenge or if they are not related to any of the characters, because I thought it might have been a flashback. But I get that. Um, now, one thing I kind of thought was about Brianna's father. Was, she, was her father a victim of Candyman? Yes. Okay. You, you got that like, too. No. Yeah. And he was psychotic. Like yeah. he was, he was, he was the ultimate tortured artist. Right. Yeah. And so I always thought that there was a connection of her father to Candyman. They, and that's another, see, that's another storyline that got dropped because they don't fully go into detail connecting the dots of how her father connected to that whole thing. But he was also a very, very tortured artist, like an extremely tortured artist. Now, did he get his tortured artist, like, you know, mindset from a whole Candyman situation? I'm I'm gonna you know put it out there and say I I believe so, but we don't fully know. Like there's no um, confirmed evidence that that was the case. Yeah, and I agree with you too because I, I you know that's a, I was like I got the sense that he was he was a victim of Candyman in some way, shape, or form. That that's where a lot of his psychosis came from. Was that he was one of those who ended up triggering Candyman or you know trying to contact him or whatever. Maybe he fought it off. Um, or, you know, Candyman led him to kill himself, but I got the sense that Candyman was somehow connected to what happened to her father, and I think that could have been an interesting thread to pull on, one that kind of got dropped. Um, I think that would have been um, interesting, maybe, if they would have developed that a little bit or dug a little bit more deeply into that. Um, But, yeah, so... Oh yeah, it was King and Son. Now, um, what else did you like about the movie? Was there anything else you like, dislike? I like the fact that majority of people who died were white people. <laughs> the black people and you know, minorities are always dying in the movies. So majority of the people who died in the movie who were stupid enough to do the challenge were white people. And people may say that's wrong, 
But when you go to movies all the time and you see black people and we always the ones dying or we making stupid decisions that I swear we would not make in real life. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I be telling people, I said, look, I'm black and I grew up with Candyman. You ain't catching me in the um, bathroom doing that nonsense. Mm-mm. Not even when I watched it the first time. I like, like, it, it's hilarious because, you know, you had Bloody Mary at the same time, right? And so I was more likely to do Bloody Mary than Candyman. Like, Candyman was not something that you messed with. I don't know why I thought Bloody Mary you could mess with, but I did not mess with Candyman <laughs> though. Like, not at all. You know, because the 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 old look, our old spiritual and ancestral legends, they like they tend because they creep us out because I guess as we're predisposed to that paranoia, and it's like you know, there's just shit black people don't do. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so many is you do not call upon Candyman, like, and like, you just don't do it. You don't like, you like, we don't fuck around with the dead and the spirits, like, you know, <laughs> like, you, you don't like, you don't fuck around with the spirits and the dead and all that kind of stuff. We don't summon that shit unless you know you you got the who do you into all that and you know how to control what you summon. But just randomly going around doing that stuff, nah. We not investigating random noises because it like when she went into when Brianna went to the cleaners and she saw that door and she got it open and she looked down there and she's like, uh 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 she closed yes. it. <laughs> she was like, No. I said that would be me. I was like, like that- I'd be standing at the door to go to the back, like, hello? Anybody there? Hello? Yeah. And you look down there and you see that, okay, first of all, the laundromat looks creepy anyway, you know, then you get back in the room and it's like all messy and you open the door and the light doesn't come on and you know, in Chicago and you're from the East Coast, so you know, in the East and Midwest, they have basements and stuff and mm-hmm. in the older buildings, the basements are creepy and dank. Like, I remember my grandmother's basement. It creeped the fuck out of me. Like, I would not go down into that basement by myself, even with the lights on. And that's where the washing machine was. And she'd be like, go into Nah, I can't do it, Granny. (laughs) Like, nah. Be like, I love you, but not that much, Granny. Not that much. She's like, go to the basement. Nah, I'm good. Girl, did you? I take that. That's See, I take that L. That's an ass whooping I take. (laughs) I'm like, nah. I'm good. I'm going to get the belt. Get it. Here, let me go pick the switch. And I'm like, I'll name the belt for you. <laughs> Thank you. Like, which one do you want? Because <laughs> I'm not going down there. And I believe, like, eventually they got me down there with her. I, you know, and so we would be down there. And then I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm going back upstairs. Like, so they just stopped trying to send me into the basement. Cause, yeah. So when she when she looked down there, she's like, oh no. Nah. I was like, yeah, I feel that. Cause I wouldn't have done it either. And normally we don't do shit like that like there's always exceptions to the rule but generally speaking we some scary motherfuckers we don't do that shit (laughs) okay so i always bring up the concept of and i'm always telling this to people i said look here's the test if you have the card okay if you see somebody running if you see a black person running down the street do you pause to ask them why they running or 
do you turn and run with them? And when y'all get a safe distance, then you ask them why y'all was running. It was like, because I'm running. <laughs> I'm running. If you ain't I'm not, I'm not looking to be like, what's going on? What's over there? Mm-mm. I'm jetting behind you. And when I get close to you, I'll be like, hey, what are we running for? Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'll continue running with you. If you're not out there in your fancy jogging gear out for a job, but you in a full out sprint, like, nah, bro. And usually, you look behind you? Yeah, because mm-hmm. usually, you know, they be like, running past you, don't go that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wait, nah, you don't ask questions, especially if they warn you, be like, no, go, go. And you'd be like, okay. <laughs> and then you get to where you're going at when you finally stop out of breath, talking about, yo, what the fuck? Like, nah, uh-uh, I ain't, I ain't trying to do that. Because, you know, even, like, with our friends, when we were younger, we went out, you know, clubs and shit or wherever. We were going someplace with a big crowd. We always had a meeting spot, you know, because in the movies, white people, sometimes they'll go try to find their friends and shit. Nah, some shit pop off. This is where you meet. You got 10 Mm -hmm. minutes to get there. And if you ain't there, I'm leaving your ass. It ain't no, let me go back in and find them. What? Nah, it's like if we get separated, this is where we're meeting. So, and usually it was the car because the car was a safe enough distance away. So it's like everybody remember where we parked. That's just like no, no. I'm I'm with you on that. Like I am with you on that, and that's why like one of the greatest things ever invented was cell phones because I'm texting you, telling you where I am, and bring you behind on so we can go. Thank you. Like we're. Like, you don't have to worry about looking for me. I'd be like, look, this is where we're going to meet. Like, at the car, text you. Like, nah, bro, it, it, it's not happening. So, from that standpoint, yeah. Um, now, at the end, before we wrap this up, like, and Brianna, she was very, she was also one of those people, like, she was very cautious because she was like, don't you summon Candyman, don't you say it. And he, you know, even after he had become Candyman, which he didn't realize he had become Candyman until the end when he saw his studio, right? Um, I don't think he realized he became Candyman until he was Candyman. Until he was Candyman? Mm-hmm. But he, he realized something was wrong. Like, But okay, so speaking of realizations, dude, did she not, this man that she knew every inch of his body, did she not see that nasty-ass scar on his hand? They weren't having sex. But it was still on his hand. Like you, not it wasn't on his dick. It was on his hand. You right. You right. But I feel that okay. So you have to look at when he really started to change, right? And he started to like get break. Like they weren't as close as they were at the very, very beginning of the movie. So I can understand her truly not seeing the full change of what was going on with his body because. Like he was in a real tortured artist thing, and they were like, you know, you with your daddy again. Like, you know, your daddy was the same way, and now look at him. Um, so I don't think they were as close as they were previously. So I can I can see the plausibility of her not noticing the change of his body. Okay. Not to say it makes sense, but I can see it. I when you put it like that, I do, and I I understand what you're saying because you're right. We did see the transformation or the evolution of their relationship from the beginning to the middle, where she knew something was wrong, but it's just like, okay, I'm not going through this tortured artist phase, and you're being an asshole and borderline emotionally abusive. So 
you know, when she moves out. I get that, but it was just so fucking prominent on his hand, especially when it started peeling and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, so I just like, so I guess when you're not paying attention to those types of things, you know, you're done, done. Like when you're oblivious to shit like that, it's like, oh yeah, she was done, done. But um, so she was really, really cautious about channeling Candyman all the way until the end. Um, so do, do you think he didn't kill her because he recognized her or? <clears throat> he didn't kill her because it wasn't his purpose to kill her. Okay. She wasn't like the purpose of Candyman is to kill people who are abusing the black community. Like that's ultimately the purpose of Candyman. Um, now they may not directly be abusing the black community, but they're abusing the black community in certain ways, whether it's the privilege that they have in society, um, whether it's them enjoying the gentrification of black communities, like that kind of stuff. So she's the one who called him up, but she called him up in order to handle the situation around her because of the abuse that she had experienced from the cops. I like that. Preach, girl, preach. I don't know if that was stand up in, I don't know if that was stand up in court, but that's a very good argument. <laughs> I mean, I mean, is Candyman ever gonna get caught enough to be going to court? I'm just saying <laughs> Candyman ain't getting arrested now. But then it takes me back to the two random kids in the movie. They did nothing wrong when they were black. They just did a stupid TikTok challenge. Did they have no, to No, but, but you also, so the challenge, it's also the challenge, right? So you doing a stupid challenge doesn't take away from the fact that you did the challenge. But with her, there was a purpose to her doing the challenge. When she said his name in the mirror, there was a purpose. There was a, there was a reason why she was calling him. Those kids were just calling him just to call him. Because they wanted to test out the theory. And they tested it out and look what happened. And Okay. And then going back to that. So Brian, that's his name, right? The creepy laundromat the guy. William. William. See, I'm horrible. Uh, William, he, he lived to tell the tale. Why? Because he took the candy and he wasn't scared of Candyman or he didn't tell the cops on, you know... Like, I, I, that was one of the things. Because I he was not a threat to the black community. Oh. But all the other kids that he killed. Oh, be, but he didn't really kill the kids. Yeah, you remember? You remember? It wasn't yeah. actually him. It wasn't actually yeah. him that killed those kids. I remember. Okay. So, um, yeah. I Overall, I guess that takes it, brings us to the end. Is there anything else you have? Or any other comments you have about Candyman? No, except for it, that was a disgusting, disgusting um, wound that he had. It was so gross. It was <laughs> nasty. That's why I'm just like, you know she had to be done, done, not to notice it, and it got bigger. Like, she noticed it the first time, and like you said, I guess because they were closer, and they were at the point where they were still canoodling and hugging and all that kind of stuff, and they still had physical contact, but towards the end, it was <laughs> They were more distanced, but just looking at that big gaping wound on somebody's hand would gross me the fuck out. Like if I saw Nasty. that on anybody in the grocery store, I'd be like, what did you touch? So I can, so I'll know not to touch it. Like it was so, it was just that gross, but yeah. Um. So overall, how would you rate Candyman? Um, I'm going to give Candyman three popcorns. 
three full popcorns. Um, what kind of throws me off is I enjoyed it because it had the creep factor. So it gave me the same feelings as when I watched the originals. Um, and I watched the originals as a child. So that means I was even more creeped out. I was more scared. But for this one, I still I still was creeped out where, like I said, I'll never try that challenge. Um, but the storyline was disjointed. The script was very, very disjointed. There the, the dots were not connecting on how you got to the point where he's the one who ultimately becomes Candyman. So because of that, I had to take two popcorns away. So three popcorns because ultimately I enjoyed watching it when we went to see it. What about you, Eddie? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm rating it just a little bit higher than you, um, giving it 3.25. And for some of the same reasons you said, um, I, I, and, you know, I wish it would have been a little bit more traditionally scary. Um, I love what they did with the how they interwove the gentrification um, storyline. And they didn't just kind of beat you over your face with this, a bad thing, um, you know. So I, I did like that. But I also feel the disjointedness of it was um, a bit much. And, you know, like I said, there's so many ways you could have made, you could have connected like, I understood him becoming the new Candyman, like I said, with, with the bee bite or the bee sting. I got that, you know. But then when you tried to sell me on the rest, I was like, huh? You know? Uh, so that didn't make as much sense to me. Um, but overall, I did enjoy it. Um, and it, it is a mindfuck when you think about it because I was like, yeah. Um, and, of course, like I said, being a monkey paw in a Jordan Peele production, you know it's going to have some type of social justice issue thrown in there, which I, I appreciate. And sometimes that really is the horror of society. Um, so I get that. I dig it. And, you know, uh, like I said, big ups to Nia Acosta, who directing wise did her thing with this. Um, and the stars, the up and coming stars, everyone keep your eyes peeled for Tiana Paris, you know, um, coming up through Marvel MCU and some other things. Yaya um, Abdul Mateen, who's also going to be in the new Matrix. So um, you know, keep your eyes. Yeah, he's them, more. What is it, Morbius? Yeah, I think so. The new Morbius. Yeah, yeah. So, um, keep your eyes peeled. They are definitely on our one, or uh, my ones to watch list. So, um, great job. Well, that does it for this week's episode of the Popcorn Wind Down. Please be sure to listen, like, follow, and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and or Spotify podcast. You can also keep up to date on the latest in entertainment and pop culture news, as well as other amazing kernels of pop culture goodness at the Popcorn Wind Down. That's it. That's all I got. Pop, pop, and pop. It's been a long week. My popcorn popper is not working right. <laughs> and, you know, I'm waiting on Trevor and them to get that, uh, that subpoena over to you so you can do your job. Ooh. But like I said, they got a lot going on. It's a shame I got to sue her to do her job to get me my sound <laughs> effects. You there know, people think that they actually <laughs> gonna get it done. <laughs> Don't make me come after your millions, your billions, your trillions. Ooh, you saying I got Jeff Bezos money? Oh shit! Yeah, you got them Bezos bucks. <laughs> So thank you as always, and be sure to join us next week when we discuss the final season or volume, as they call it, of Netflix's hit, Dear White People. I'm excited. You excited? I am. I haven't. Seen, have you watched it yet? Um, I've started. Okay. I haven't started yet, 
Um, so I'm a little behind on that, but I am excited to see how they're going to end it. All right. Well, tune in next week to find out, y'all. And until next time, I'm Eddie. And I'm Tammy. Bye. Peace.